Hey everybody, welcome to Big Dumb Monsters. I am Nick. And I am Chris. And this week we are talking about Fright Night, uh, the 1985 vampire classic. What some people Which, think it's a classic. Yeah, just, eh. the classic status is up for debate, I guess, in this episode. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I we get into this, but I, I, I have a really like soft spot for this movie. And I Nick don't. didn't enjoy it so much. Yeah. No, it's, it's just not for me. <laughs> we go a little long on this one. Uh, there's lots of trivia, lots of IMDb. Uh, the review lasts a little longer than we normally do it, but I think we had a good time. I think you'll have a good time. And we hope you enjoy listening to it. That's right. Enjoy the show. I know that this movie has like a reputation for being like a fan favorite mm-hmm. and I can, I can kind of see it, but it really didn't do that much for me. Really? Yeah. See, when I, when I first saw it, when I was younger, I was just like, uh, I'm not a big fan of this. This is kind of like boring as I've gotten older and like gotten a little bit deeper into like more classic horror. It has definitely grown on me much more just because yeah, I think I'm a little bit more familiar with its its own source material, like what it's kind of like building off of and referencing, you know? Yeah, it, it definitely has the <clears throat> flavor of those old, um, you know, like Hammer films and, and shit like that, but it's... Yeah, yeah, like the gore isn't over the top, you know, yeah. kind of like a modern horror film. Yeah. A lot of the, you know, the the scariness of it comes from the building up of the tension, like, you know, just... Between Charlie and Jerry, like knowing that Charlie is just some normal fucking doofus, and and like Jerry is he's he's a fucking peak predator, you know. Oh yeah. Um, so you know that's where most of the scariness comes from. You know there is some you know there is some monster stuff, there is some some gore, but it's you know they use it sparingly, which I I think is good in this case. Yeah, I think if they went over the top with all the gore, it would like like a normal eighties movie it would have lost a lot of its punch mm-hmm. but they made some like really weird decisions for this movie like um you know it's it's later in the movie but like amanda bierce uh she turns into a vampire and now all of a sudden her hair is long which is just yeah her hair turns red like bright red and bright long. red and long like i <clears throat> I don't know if like they're they're angling where like that's part of her vampire transformation or whatever. It's just it's just a weird choice that threw me off. Mm-hmm. Especially like during that like high tension part of the movie. It's it's and it's not even a big deal. It's just one of those stupid things that I always notice. Yeah. And it drives me crazy. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's not like it's not like key to the plot or anything, but it's just like a small detail that like I could use a little bit of elaboration on that, like, you know, or yeah, they could have handled that a little bit better. Yeah, it, it definitely was weird, but um, I don't know, like the the like golem protector character uh was kind of weird. 
I don't know. Yeah, I I I didn't. I, he wasn't a vampire, so I, like I I didn't really know what was he like a ghoul or something. I didn't understand what he was supposed to be. I don't know. I don't know if he was supposed to be like a like a half vampire or something like that. Because I like I found in the um in the trivia that we'll we'll go over later, but like uh like he was this, originally uh, the character of Billy. Yeah, Billy. He was originally supposed to have like those those vampire eye contacts in, but mm-hmm. but they were fucking up his vision so bad, like he kept falling on the stairs. So ah, uh, okay. I don't know if he's supposed to be like half turned or if he's like a golem that Jerry made out of like sand and shit, which would explain you know like during his death scene, like all the the goo and the sand falling out and the chicken bones. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. I don't know. Like it's a good movie, but I I don't know. I I found myself more bored than anything. Like it, it, it could be tough to see why it's so, you know, referenced and influential and why people think it's great. I I understand that. Yeah. I mean, like I tried to watch it twice and fell asleep during it. Uh I wound up actually finishing it this, this morning. Oh man, I like I like I said, you know, the first time I watched it, I was in the, uh, I was in the, you know, I was in the '90s. So like, to be honest, like I was probably most interested in you know if there were boobs in the movie or not. There definitely were boobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, uh, one that's set what probably got me there. One one set of boobs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Playboy Playmate so, uh, boobs, by the way. What's the real? I I didn't even I didn't even look her up. Yep. Actually, maybe I, I I thought I had when I was uh I was watching this on Amazon. They, like I like how they give you the like the in movie like X ray facts and like who's in the scenes. Oh yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Um, but yeah, I I did not. You know, I was just like, this is. I was in the same thing. Like this is kind of boring. Like I don't know. This just really isn't what I'm looking for. Um, but again, as I get older, like it really recreates like. I don't know, like the scenes where they're where they're watching, you know, the show Fright Night, and they're watching Peter Vincent. Like it's just like um, it's very meta. It's nostalgia, or, yeah. I don't know if it's nostalgia or what, but they're very good at like recapturing that feeling of what it was like to kind of watch one of these movies late at night. It's just yeah, um, you know, it's something we don't. It's an experience we don't have anymore. I'm like, we don't have these late night monster movies. No, um, we really don't. It's a it's a shame. Because like there's yeah. there's no market for it anymore. It's people like us that would want to watch that, and we're definitely in the minority. Yeah, what I've noticed is the market for late night movies has changed. It's still there, um, but usually like I'll I'll always check on a Friday or Saturday night because I'm usually up late and like I'm hanging out in my bar just like reading comics or whatever, and I'll, I'll throw like a movie on. Um, it's, it's always like comic book movies or like star, it's like geek movies now. Yeah. I've replaced like monster movies. Yeah. Um, it's like Indiana Jones star last night was star Wars. I was watching return of the Jedi at like one thirty in the morning. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, without fail there, I mean, there's always going to be at least one Marvel, one DC movie. It's just, it, there's no more late night horror. Um, and I, I really miss that feeling of like. You know, again, this is mostly when I was younger, so like I, I was a lot more scared of movies than I, you know, than I could be now. Yep. Um, but there's just like a really like eerie feeling where you're watching this movie, 
And, you know, again, this is, you know, in the 80s. So, like, this is, like, in the probably the dying days of, like, regional TV, you know, where yeah. you don't have, like, national cable channels on, you know, networks on every channel. Um, so you're watching something that maybe, like, 100 people are watching. Um, you know, maybe, like, in your town or the next town over. Um, I don't know. I just kind of miss that feeling of, like, I n- probably would normally never watch this movie, but it's got monsters. It's on now. Screw it. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Well, another another uh, detriment to like the the replacing the the monster movie with the geek movie, there are only so many like like quote unquote like acceptable geek movies that they'll show anymore, and it's always the same shit. You know, it's always Star Wars or Indiana Jones, like you were saying, or yeah, you know, the comic book. I want to see there's an Indiana Jones marathon like at least once a week on on. Either sci-fi or USA or TNT. Yeah, like they they show them a lot, <laughs> but like you can only watch the same movies over and over again so many times. Like I I understand that they're popular and people watch them, but Jesus Christ, give me something different. Yeah, give and, me a little and, bit more variety. And that's like, what you always another got. one that always gets played is uh, is the first Suicide Squad. Yeah, which isn't the greatest movie. Like it's just yeah. It's okay, but it's not something I want to repeat watch, you know, but that one is always on like weekend and, and middle of the night. Yeah, that's what you got back in the day with, you know, the the late night movie hosts. Not even necessarily monsters like USA Up All Night. We've talked about this before. That was the perfect yeah. fucking launching pad for weird kids who wanted to watch weird ass movies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fridays and Saturdays in USA, either uh, Gilbert Godfrey or Rhonda Shear. Yeah. And then, and then you had you know Monster Vision on TNT, with the, yeah. the goddamn legendary Joe Bob Briggs, and that was like the deeper cuts, like you know stuff you, the USA you would you would get like trauma movies on USA sometimes, like yeah, well that was you the only get, place like, you could ever watch a movie that had, uh, um, oh shit, what was his name? I don't know. Uh, O.J. Simpson's uh, housemate there. Oh, Kato Kalen. Yeah, you could watch a Kato Kalen yeah. movie on on uh, Up All Night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you know you would watch the the, the lead in would be like Duckman. <laughs> yes. And then and then Up All Night. So like you were weird from start to finish on your your Friday night. <laughs> or maybe you got like Silk Stockings or Pacific Blue. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is like a perfect example of I think what would have been on that show. Um yeah. because it's got Oh, for sure. I I want to say I I even remember specifically seeing this. Yeah. on like up all night. Cuz it's got a fair amount of cheese, but it was it was popular. Like it was it was like a high-grossing movie when it came out. So mm. by the mid 90s it would have still had some draw and they would have they would have put it on. But I don't know, man. It's yeah, like... I was actually surprised I had to rent this movie because usually this is one of those movies that's always on at least one streaming service. Yeah, it was on nothing. Yeah, I, I was pretty surprised by that. I want to say it was on Netflix not that long ago, but I think they took within it maybe the past couple of weeks. Like, yeah, I, I want to say maybe it just left. Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I I really have an affinity for this movie. Like I know you're saying, you know, it was just okay, but like 
it it has grown on me and it keeps growing on me, you know, over the years. Yeah. Um I will say this is another movie I think um that has done well with the remake. Um I didn't even see the remake. Yeah, the remake I think is incredibly well done just because they have a really good cast. Um <clears throat> it was uh Colin the, Farrell. Colin Farrell is Jerry, and like I'm normally not a big Colin Farrell fan. Like he's been in some I, I think like before that, like I I think it, it, I burned out on Colin Farrell after like Daredevil. Oh <laughs> man, uh was in Bruges. Watch that one. But, oh, that's that is a good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he is very good as Jerry in in Fright Night just because he he gets that like he is kind of he kind of plays it like Chris Sarandon does where he's very nonchalant about everything but at the same time he can be very menacing. Yeah. You know, he's just, you know, he knows he's the top of the food chain like he can just he's basically just playing with everybody and but you know, when he needs to be, you know, when he needs that like fright to come out that scare, he yeah. can do it. Um my favorite part though is fucking is David Tennant as as Peter Vincent. Um and I like what they did with the character too. He's not a uh, you know a broken down uh TV host. He is a um he's a Chris Angel type. He's like a popular like Vegas magician. Oh Jesus. Um, yeah, he, he 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 plays it like perfect cuz he's such an asshole at it. Like it's it's all like a facade. Like as soon as he's done with the show, like he pulls the wig off, like pulls like the you know like the eye, like it wipes off all the makeup and shit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like he does like a supernatural, like tinged, uh, you know, like magic show, and uh, you know, same thing. Charlie goes to him for help, and he basically just tells him like fuck off, like you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he and then Anton Yelchin is Charlie too. He did a great job in that part. Oh, okay. Rest, um, rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I don't know. I I really like the um I like the look of the monsters. I you know initially kind of Jerry is I would say like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer type vampire where his face kind of distorts and yeah. You know, he's got some claws. Um but then by the end of the movie he just looks so like grotesque and just like horrific. Um, yeah, I did when he's on the stairs there. I did like how they that like they gradually make him more and more um repulsive. Basically, yeah. like the the more stress he's under, the the more likely he's gonna have like the full monster come out, which is a that was something a cool idea. Yeah, I, I they were kind of non-specific with the rules of like being a vampire in this movie. Yeah, I, I don't know if I missed the explanation of like why Jerry can be out in the daytime, like he's not outside, but he's walking around his house like by windows and stuff with no problem. But then at the end, he gets killed by sunlight. Uh, like, I don't know if they, they they kind of explained it as like, well, he didn't rest. Like when he's fully rested, you know, his powers are stronger. That could be. Because <clears throat> he was trying to get to the coffin before the sun came up at the very end. Yeah. Yeah, because he had been. So I don't know. He had been up all night and, and uh, I don't. Well, no, he did feed because he turned, uh, he turned Amanda Beer. He turned dead. He turned and anime, yeah. Was Ed that same night? No, it wasn't that same night, was it? Maybe it was the night before, because then Ed had to go to Peter Vincent's house. Yeah. Or was that like right after? Man, it's very confusing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. Um, But that that was a negative for me. Just the like the kind of just the undefined characteristic of not just you know like I said of of, we said before of, of Billy. 
but also of Jerry being a vampire. Like, there's no real, like, specific, like, set of rules of what he can and can't do. Right. And then they had the animal transformations. So it's like, is Ed a vampire or is he a fucking werewolf? Come on, like, get your shit together. Yeah. I do have to say, though, that the the transformation from uh, Wolf Ed to uh, back into, like, Vampire Dying Ed, really well done, really cool shit. Yeah, I, I really like that scene, I noticed as I was watching it this time through. Um, just the scene between Ed and, and Roddy McDowell, where, like, Roddy McDowell is genuinely sad that, like, he j- he just had to kill this kid. Like he, you know, yeah. he knows he failed. Yep. You know that 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 death scene was really good. Like, um, like you could tell that like that character didn't want to die. You know, you you get a lot of these you know like monster deaths where it's just like they stab him in the heart and he goes ah! and then he keels over or whatever. But like this one was yeah. was kind of unsettling in the fact that you know this is actually a teenage boy who is, like, facing his own death right now, which is... Yeah, and on top of that, you have Peter Vincent, who's like, if I had maybe taken them seriously a little bit sooner, you know, uh, this wouldn't be happening. I wouldn't... Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have had to kill this kid. Tons of regret in there. Um, I like like the scene, too, where where Charlie brings Peter to, to Jerry's house for the first time, and, like, Peter's just going through his bullshit, like, you know, he, like, this isn't real. This is all fake. And then, like, he just happens to catch that, you know, the non glimpse of him in his little, like, pocket mirror. And, like, his yeah. entire demeanor just changes. Yep. He's like, oh, I guess it is oh. real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's uh, just, like, a lot of, a lot of flip floppy kind of shit where, like, like that, where, like, he's a total non believer and then he sees one little thing and now he's, like, adamant that okay well now he is a vampire but yeah at the same time though that thing is fucking huge like yeah you know not just anybody doesn't cast a reflection like you know you know if you see that there's only you know one explanation really yeah as as you know as fantastical as it would be in the real world but like i i I wouldn't be able to think of any other reason but not even why somebody not even just like a oh well maybe i didn't catch him at the right angle kind of yeah, Whatever. no, he had him dead on, and the you know, and the, yeah. everybody else was there. Like, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, I also liked. Uh, I was saying this before the way that Chris Sarandon plays Jerry, where he's not really bothered by anything, but he knows he's the apex predator. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of noticed this uh, my way, you know, my watch through this time that. He towards the end of the movie specifically, he plays Jerry like a shark almost. Um, specifically in the in the nightclub scene, where he's he's chasing after this is after he kills Ed. He's chasing after Charlie and uh, Amanda Beers, um, and he sees them from across the club, and he's just pacing like he goes from one end, and then he's just slowly walking across the floor. You know, comes back the other way, like again, like almost like a shark would. Yeah. Um, and also, I noticed he wears that gray jacket for most of the movie, that gray leather jacket. I don't know if that was supposed to, like, to play into that kind of, you know, characteristic also of him being shark-like. Um, it could be that. Uh, yeah. But I think it's a... I think it was, like, a modern twist on the cape. Yeah, that was a very 80s-ass jacket. <laughs> yeah, it was. Super, super 80s. 
<laughs> it was like extra buckles and yeah, like accordion areas. <laughs> yeah, it had that like that little strap. Was, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that was just supposed to be like um, we can't put him in a in a gothic Victorian era cape, so we'll put yeah. him in a long coat. And he wears gray though for most of the movie. Like I'm watching it right now. He's um, it's the scene where he first comes over to Charlie's house. He's talking to his mom. Yeah. He's dressed all in gray. And I'm pretty sure at the end of the movie, he's dressed all in gray, too. That could be. So, again, I don't know if it's him leaning into that characterization of, like, kind of playing him like a shark. Yeah. Well, also, they, I, do, I, they do a lot of gray stuff with, um, with like, morality. Yeah. So, where, you know, like, the, the, the character is, obviously, he's the bad guy. Because he's a vampire. But... They're not showing him doing like absolutely evil shit, you know. They're yeah, they're yeah. You like, really don't know for sure. I mean, like it look obviously it it looks like he's a vampire. He's carrying a coffin into his house. Yeah, like in the middle of the night, you know. Charlie sees him with the girl, like you know, he's you know they're going at it, but at the same time he sees it. He has the claw hand, like yeah. So I mean, like know, something's yeah, up. He's he has to feed and he has to kill people, but that's for his own survival. But he's not, it, from the outside looking in, he's not going around and, like, absolutely terrorizing people until all the stuff with Charlie starts to happen. Yeah, and until then, he has to, basically. He, yeah. I, I noticed that, that um, his downfall is basically that he isn't, that he doesn't just kill everybody initially, that he lets them, he lets Charlie, like, kind of play into this thing. Basically, he kills himself by agreeing to let them wait a day before uh, Peter Vincent comes over because he was just going to go kill Charlie that night. Yeah. And then, um, oh, was it his mom or, oh, it was Ed and uh, Amanda, uh, Amy. Amy, they show up at his house. Yeah. And they say, hey, he's going to bring Peter Vincent over tomorrow. Like, and he agrees like, oh yeah, that's fine. We'll wait till tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, had he just killed him that night like he planned on, the movie would be over. Pretty much, Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say I re- I really love the scene where he comes over to his house for that first time where, again he's just playing it totally fucking cool. Oh, where his mom you invites know? him in. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, you know, now that uh, I come over, you know, your mom invited me over. I think I'm just gonna stop by all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh <laughs> shit. Yeah. Whenever I want. Like I yep. I, I I Chris Sarandon is awesome. I, I really enjoy him. He he did a really good job <laughs> uh, in in this role. Where like you you can you can feel that like asshole nature of the character, mm-hmm. but there's also still <clears throat> like a little bit of humanity left in him, you know. Where yeah. like like he's toying with his food a lot of the time. You can tell that, but then there's the stuff with Amy's character where she you know strongly resembles his, you know, like I don't know first love or first wife or whoever. Whoever the the lady in the painting was, mm-hmm. and um, you can see that there's that that longing for that again. Um, but I don't know. Like they didn't they didn't execute that really well either. They just it's yeah. like here's a thing, and you just kind of have to fill in the blanks too much. Um, I love that. Uh, you know, as an actor, he is like he's chewing the scenery whenever he's on as Jerry. 
Yeah. But at the same time, he's not over the top with it. You know, he's not like exaggerating every line and every, you know, gesture. He's just, you know, he knows he's the villain, but like I said, he's just playing it very low key, very calm and subdued. Mm hmm. Yeah, he's not going he's not going overboard full ham on on all this stuff. Like when he has to ramp it up and be like that character, he ramps it up and, and is that character, but most of the time is he's pretty subdued. Uh yeah. very chill. Like cuz he doesn't um, have to be crazy. Mhm. I as I was watching this, uh, this kind of never occurred to me before. I don't get the sense that Jerry is a very old vampire. No, um, it, it, they never really like, you know, we see the paint. We don't do we even really see the full painting to the point. I mean, like we see her face so we know that it looks like Amy. But we, do we see what she's wearing? Uh, I, I think I, a little bit. I think you, you see some of the styling. Yeah, like I was trying to like trying to place maybe like when he became a vampire. Like, you know, first of all, his name's Jerry Dandridge, like not a name you think of like when you think of a vampire, you know? Yeah. Um. Just from like his sense of style, you know, just the like the way he talks. I was thinking maybe like in the twenties or thirties is when he was turned. You know, he, okay. maybe he's been doing this for like fifty years or so, but I would say he's less than a hundred. Yeah. Um. Again, just because he he has opportunities where he could have just killed Charlie, and he doesn't. He lets him go. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's just from overconfidence or inexperience, um. But that just kind of led me to believe that he's not very old. Yeah, I don't know. Like, cause I don't know. Uh in that universe of vampires like how powerful do they get is this like the peak of his power or if he was around for another 50 years or so how strong would he be then yeah uh, yeah i never i never saw the sequel so i don't know if they kind of like added more detail to the world or not I don't know. um but that was just me trying to piece it together didn't they, they there's a sequel to this one and i think there's a sequel to the remake as well isn't there I don't know. I know that there's, you know, the original one had the sequel. If yeah. the the second, if the remake did, it was maybe like straight to video. I honestly don't, I, don't, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Woo, excuse me. Um. <laughs> All right. So as far as, as a rating, uh, what do you think you would give this? Uh, I like the effects. I mostly like the story. Mm, a lot of plot holes. Um, <laughs> I'm at like a five and a half. I can see that. Yeah, I, I'm honestly not much higher. I'm gonna say maybe like a seven. Okay. Um, just because I, I I I don't know. I personally really enjoy this movie. I like you know the the source material that it's building off of. Um, you know, that being said, you know, there, there are some, some holes in the logic, uh, yeah. like in the rules of the universe, like, you know, with the vampires and, and what exactly is Billy? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel, uh, yeah, seven, uh, just cause I, I, I still really do enjoy this movie, even with its flaw, you know. Flaws. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I didn't hate it or anything like that. It just. It didn't. It's not like next level. It's not like something like, oh my god, I need you know, I'm gonna watch this like every year. You know, this is yeah. something I watch like maybe every five years or so. Yeah, I mean, there's 
there's just not much that's really bringing me back to it. So, like, if it was on TV or whatever and there was really nothing else on, I'd probably watch it again. But if there was something, like, I was even just a little more interested in, I'm I'm never going back to this movie. I want to even say, like, the last couple of times I've watched this this has either been, like, to watch it with someone who hasn't seen it or, like, for this podcast. Yeah. You know, there's been, like, a reason to, to go watch it, not just, you know, I felt like watching it. Yeah, because you're not like, man, you know what I want to do? Watch Fright Night. Yeah. And I, I can see why this has a cult following. Um, Because, you know, there there is there's cool effects. There's that, like, nostalgia feel. Like, this is a very, very dated movie. Like, everything about it feels 80s. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the the stuff that you would need to buy in, like I don't think younger people are going to to be able to reference that type type of stuff. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah, it's not a, like a universally spoken language anymore. Like it's very eighties. Um, yeah, and you know, there's there's I, cool monsters if if you like, you know, monsters. Like it's the 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 makeup was really cool. I didn't really like. Um, the shark mouth that they put on Amy at the end there that was a little much. Yeah, that was very weird because it was so different from from what Jerry like looked like as a vampire. Like he just kind of had you know had like the you know he had the teeth and you know his face was a little bit distorted, but his his entire mouth wasn't completely like yeah wide open. You know, and they they did the same with Ed. Like Ed was you know the the big lumpy brow and the the same style of teeth, maybe a little, little crazier than Jerry's uh, teeth, but it was still kind of in control where the, the Amy vampire, like full on vampire was just whack. I don't know. Yeah. It's just (laughs) too much and not very well done. I don't think. (sighs) Yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I would recommend it. Uh, you know, something to to watch at least once if you're a horror fan. Um, but yeah, again, with the stipulation that like, unless you're a hardcore monster kid and you know you're really like, really a fan of like those older like Hammer movies or you know stuff you'd see on like Svengoolie, like I, you're probably not going to be you know going back to this for repeat viewings. But again, it is. I think it's a great movie. Yeah, that's and I'm not going to take anything away from it. Like it's not. It's not for me, but I can understand why people like it. Yeah, yeah. Then, with that, uh, let's hit some trivia. All right, all right. Not to bother you with trivia. I used to think they were kind of trivia. Okay, so... There was a lot of trivia that I had to call through for this one. Um, not <laughs> I, as... feel, I feel like there would have been just because they, you know there are so many like diehard fans of this movie. Yeah, not as <laughs> much as there was for um, American Werewolf, but there was there was a pretty hefty list. So apparently, it was uh, Chris Sarandon's idea to have Jerry eating apples for the film because while, yeah, I saw that while researching vampire lore, uh, he looked at information about bats. And then came to his own conclusion that Jerry has a lot of fruit fat in his DNA. Yeah, I said that was on the the Amazon facts too. 
Oh, was it right? I, I, that was like, I never, the actors eating apples was something that never bothered me. And now that I've like noticed that that's a thing, it gets on my fucking nerves every it, time I see it. It is very much a thing. Like it's a, in a lot of movies for whatever fucking reason. Brad Pitt is notorious for doing it. Um, I, I just, yeah, it's so distracting. It's just like just munching <laughs> on an apple while they're in the scene. Like, I, <laughs> to a degree, I get it because, yeah. like, you know, people eat. That's it's just the way it is. So, like, if you want to bring like an aspect of realism to a scene, have your character do something that is normal. So, you're gonna eat, and apples are easy to find. They, you know, they're fucking everywhere. Um, and I don't know. I guess it's. It's like it's. it's but Jerry's a, a, very a vampire. Dis- it's a very distinct emotion, <laughs> but it's yeah. It is yeah. weird that he's eating anything. Like you know, if we're going by traditional like vampire rules, like him eating that apple should make him sick. You know, yeah. he should like throw up after eating the apple, probably. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, blood vomit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, here moving on to the next one. Uh, director Tom Holland sought out uh, Brad. Uh, Fidel, Fidel, F I E D E L. I don't, know, I don't know how to pronounce that correctly. Fidel, Fidel, maybe. Fidel, yeah. yeah, yeah. Brad anyway, F. That, Brad, Brad F. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sought him out to score the movie because he had been impressed by the music in Terminator. And the, okay. music, the music was good in this one, especially at the end. I thought the music really started to like catch on. Um. Oh wow! Look, he did yeah, Terminator One, Two. He did True Lies, but it wasn't. I don't know. There's nothing really like iconic about it. Like there, you know the Terminator soundtrack when you hear it. This yeah, one, yeah. I'm like, I'm, really I'm not picking that. out the Fright Night theme song. You know. Yeah. Yeah, he's got some uh, some big movies here. Yeah, I I so, like I, said, I like Let's it. Get Harry. That's an unappreciated eighties movie. What one was that? Uh, it's about this dude who gets kidnapped, like, in South America, and, like, his friends decide to, like, hire a mercenary and then go down and, like, rescue him. That, that sounds dumb. Yeah, it, it's, you know, like, your typical, like, I think it was, like, a Thursday Night Prime movie on HBO in the 80s. Yeah. Like, Thomas F. Wilson is in it. Yeah, I forgot about that. He's, uh, oh, Biff and Back to the Future. Yeah. Yeah. Gary you Busey. Do you ever see any of his stand-up? I have not. I knew he was a stand-up, though. Yeah, it's not amazing. Not terrible, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not going to see him. <laughs> it just seems like it'd be like Biff Tannen doing stand-up. <laughs> I think he makes a lot of self-referential uh, jokes too. Yeah. <laughs> so frustrated that they had never been asked to do DVD extras, all of the principal cast members except Amanda Bierce who was unavailable at the time, recorded two pirate commentaries, uh, which were released as free MP3s on the Icons of Fright website in 2008. So due to a contractual stipulation with Sony, distributor Twilight Time was unable to produce original content for the 30th anniversary edition of the Blu-ray, which they released in 2015. So they included both commentaries and other pre-existing bonus materials. Huh. Which is weird, 
that they would have the rights to this. They would have the uh, ability to make a 30th anniversary special edition of this movie, but they couldn't make anything for it. Yeah. So I guess Sony had that on lockdown, which sounds like probably because of the because of the remake. Probably they you know they didn't want to be doing anything with it. That could be too. But yeah, now I kind of want to watch the. Uh, I I like I like a commentary track, like like really like them. Um, mm. So this could, this could <clears> be a good one to fill in maybe some of the holes that, we're we're having trouble with. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Uh, oh, because of his theatrical roots and the long hours spent in the makeup chair, Chris Sarandon helped apply his own vampire makeup and often worked on the finger extensions uh, while the makeup artists were putting appliances on his face. Huh. Which I thought was really cool. I mean, you, you're going to sit there for 8 to 10 hours on a clip anyway, so you might yeah, as well might be well productive. Yeah. Instead of just <laughs> space out. Uh, one of the real... Uh, sorry. One of the life masks of Roddy McDowell taken from Planet of the Apes is visible in Peter Vincent's apartment. I just noticed that actually, as you're saying this, it's it's uh, near his kitchen archway. Uh, it's when uh, Amy and uh, Ed first walk into his apartment. I, I can see it in the corner. It's above yeah. like a butterfly knife and like a hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, he had that. He had that mall knife store display going on there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, much. he's got like the his apartment is like what like a thirteen year old monster kid would live in. Yeah, <laughs> like, yep, <laughs> certainly is. <laughs> so this film had a nine point five million dollar budget, and a lot of that budget was actually spent on the special effects, which I can see because they had quite a few different ones. And they were, yeah, I mean for the really time good. for the mid eighties, like. Some pretty uh, heavy special effects. Yep, and apparently it was the first vampire film to spend uh, over a million dollars on special effects. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you think about it, like the vampire movies that we're used to now have like, like a lot of CGI. All the transformations are probably CGI. You know, and yeah. kind of fighting is CGI. Where this is all practical. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, like most before of the... we had like. Most of the vampire movies before this were, <clears throat> you know, like the the change from being, you know, a regular guy to a vampire would just be fangs and contacts. Yeah, like, you know, Christopher Lee would, like, hold up his cape and then, like, you know, when he yeah. put it back down, he had fangs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think of some, like, some of the more, like, graphic vampire movies that would have been around, like, right before this. In 85, so... I mean, your Hammer movies are probably as gory as it gets up to that point. Uh, I'm trying to think. No, I, yeah, yeah. So, like, when did Lost Boys come out? That was more like eighty. That was eighty six, eighty seven, maybe. Oh uh, yeah, okay. So just after that. Um. Yeah, yeah this was eighty five. Lost Boys was definitely after this. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not great with like trying to remember exactly when mo- certain movies came out, but I can't think of any 
like yeah, early, same here. I'm trying to think of anything. Or late 70s, like, gory vampire movies. Because, like, around now, like, you know, you think of a vampire movie. Like, it's like we just said, it's a dude in a cape, and, like, he'll sneak up on a chick and, like, bite her in the neck. Yeah. You know, it's not like, you know, a movie now where you have, like, vampires just, like, ripping people apart and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, this is like what, like, uh, John Carpenter's Vampires came out in, what, 90... 97, 98, maybe? Around there? No, I think it was, I think it was a little earlier than that. I think it was more, more mid-90s. Six, maybe? Let me see, hold on. Yeah, look that, look that up for me. I just remember loving that movie and how... 98! Was it really? Holy shit. Yeah. I just I just loved that movie and how brutal it was. Yeah, like there, there's a lot of in the movie theater, a lot of cheese to it, but just just really well done for what I was looking for at that time in in a horror movie. So maybe I, like I haven't seen that in so long. That that one could be like my version of this movie because at the time that's what I wanted in a vampire movie. So maybe mm. when this came out. This is what people were more looking for in a, in a vampire movie. Yeah. So like you get that parallel where it's it's different enough to stand out at the time, and then you just yeah you go it's back, lost. You that go back bite, to it. You know, yeah. Almost forty years on. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> uh oh a a puppet that was created. For the Ghost Librarian's Monster Visage in Ghostbusters was rejected as being too terrifying for a PG movie, which always blows my mind that Ghostbusters is a PG movie. Yeah, that good library scene scared the <laughs> fuck out of me when I was a kid. Yeah, so <laughs> when the effects crew subsequently went back to work on this film, uh, they realized the rejected model resembled the vampire bat that they'd created so they repurposed it and utilized it for the vampire's fiery destruction so if it wasn't for <laughs> ghostbusters we wouldn't have that cool ass vampire bat scene at the end of uh this movie <laughs> that's crazy well we can't really use this for the movie but we're gonna burn the shit out of it <laughs> yeah here we go <laughs> Uh, this one's probably pretty obvious, but the character Peter Vincent is named for two well-known actors, uh, Peter Cushing Peter and Cushing. Vincent, yeah. Vincent Price. Which apparently they had uh, they had thought about getting Vincent Price for uh, the role of Peter Vincent, but oh man, I got I got I don't know man I got two different stories as to why he wasn't doing it. One was that. Um, the director, uh, Tom Holland, thought that uh, Vincent Price was, like, too good. To, like, like this movie would be beneath him. Which yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know if you've seen his, like, late 70s, early 80s work. It definitely wouldn't have been. <laughs> well, this um, would have been, like, post, like, right after Thriller. So he would have been, like, he would have had, like, a little bit of, like, you know, popularity, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Um, but then another one was that his, his health wasn't that great at this point. So he wasn't, uh, wasn't really acting all that much anymore. Yeah. He died in what? 1990? 
Because mm. he, he died like right as Edward Scissorhands came out, I want to say. Yeah, I think it was. Let me see. To yeah, the right, around that, right around that time, yeah. 1991. <laughs> we really need like a uh, to the internet drop for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's something we can work on. <laughs> Let's see. 1993. Okay, so it was, yeah. Would uh, Edward Scissorhands come out in 91, 92? That sounds about right. Let's see. 1990. So it was three years. Oh ago. shit! Yeah. Well, I thought I thought it was like right at the same time. I mean, it might as well be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I th- oh man, that would have been interesting. Like, I mean, Roddy McDowell I thought was great in this part, but like Vincent Price would have been just uh, that would have been. Uh, I really would have liked to have seen that. I don't know, man. Like, <sighs> it seems a little too on the nose. Like, it, it would have been cool, but it would have been obvious, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I, I don't I know really I don't know how well he would have done with, like... Because there was some some action scenes that, that Roddy McDowell had to do, so... Yeah. Not like yeah, he probably wouldn't have like, been able to do those. Yeah. They would have... I think they would have had to tone it down a lot to get Vincent Price to do it. I mean, Jesus Christ, in 85, he would have been... 70? This would have been like Vincent Price the movie, basically. If he, (laughs) (laughs) like everything about it would have just been like, yeah, that 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 Vincent Price. Like, oh man, I don't know. I I I really think I would have liked to have seen that. Yep. Because you get wet for the (laughs) Priester. Got a hard on for the (laughs) Priester. Oh boy. Uh, Writer-director Tom Holland encouraged each of the actors to pen one- to two-page biographies so they would fully understand their characters and motivations and be able to draw upon that information for subtext. So he basically said, okay, make your D&D character and then write me a (laughs) one-page biography. Show up to the first session with your character bio written, please. Thank you. (laughs) Don't forget to bring your dice. Yeah. I rolled these stats at home. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, you rolled a uh, three twenties and eighteen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yep. your your dump stats a thirteen. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. Jesus. Although William Ragsdale uh, and Amanda Bierce were playing teenagers, in reality, Ragsdale turned twenty four. And Bierce was 27 during the filming. Yeah, I want to say this is 85, so like two years before this, Married with Children. Yeah, yeah. This is two years before she's the chicken lady. <laughs> God damn, I love that fucking show. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like actively trying to restrain myself from talking about how much I love Married with Children until we get to the uh, better known as. <laughs> When Stephen Jeffries received the script, he presumed he was uh, being asked to audition for Charlie and was baffled and upset uh, when the casting director informed him that she wanted him to audition for Evil Ed. Yeah. And that's, uh... I got to tell you, that guy's voice is the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. It is like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. It's just it's just obnoxious. Like 
Blah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I mean, know, like, I don't know if that's... about his character is so annoying. Yeah, I don't know if that's like his real voice or if he kind of like put that on for the character. Yeah, I don't know. But it was just grating. Looking at like some of the other stuff he's been in, and I, I don't. Really oh, we'll talk that. about some of the other stuff he's been in. Well, well yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will get to that. <laughs> so, uh, here's a quote here. You could say that Evil Ed is a gay kid who was bullied. Uh, Tom Holland told Dread Central. But I wasn't thinking that. I was. Yeah, thinking, no. I was thinking he was the kid who reads those EC comic books. You know, like the old, um, like Tales of Horror. Um, yeah, like the like the horror kid, like who yeah, yeah. wore like you know horror shirts every day in school and yep. have like you know uh, brought in like co- copies of Fangoria and stuff. Like. Yeah, he commented on the implied gay relationship between Jerry and Billy. And then said, the stuff with Chris Sarandon and Jonathan Stark, that's me. So there's, I guess there's a the theory that um, there was like a homoerotic uh, element to the relationship between um, <clears throat> Jerry and Billy. And, mm-hmm. and, well, there's uh, even a comment. I think his mom, Charlie's mom says something about it. Like, oh, I hear he's going to live in Carpenter. Like, he's, she says yeah. something like, oh, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know how they like how so it's, she says something about it. Like it's not, you know, out there, but she says something. Yeah. Overt, like, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Overt. Yep. Because like <laughs> they attack young girls and they're men who live together in a, like a close relationship. Like there's like a, like a thing to that, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess, uh, you know, in, in, since the time that this movie came out, people have, kind of identified themselves with Ed as being like the outcast character who is uh sort of taken advantage of and bullied um which I can definitely see you know if you if you look back at that character and you can you can kind of put whatever yeah um, cuz he pretty much uh, he pretty much willingly lets Jerry turn him like Jerry you know he, he corners him in the alley but he just kind of goes with him at the end. He doesn't, he isn't like attacked, you know, he isn't bitten against his will. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you hear him screaming and, and stuff like that, but that's, you know, somebody and being just, turned probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably a painful process. You gotta let yeah. somebody bite the shit out of your neck. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I just, I just thought he was like the, like the weird kid that like nobody wanted to hang out with. Yeah. That's the vibe yeah. that I got. Yeah. You know, he he winds up, he basically winds up throwing his fucking life away for eight dollars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, while fending off Jerry in his bat form with a bone for the climax of the film, Roddy McDowell accidentally cracked the puppet's skull, and the crew <laughs> scrambled to fix the bat uh, so they could continue shooting. But apparently, he broke it so bad that it took two days to properly reassemble. Uh, oh. So they had to temporarily del- delay filming uh, further close-ups of the creature. And you know what a physical brute Roddy McDowell is. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's definitely the, uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger of, of Planet of the Apes. <laughs> of wispy British. 
<laughs> did they or maybe paint... Scottish? I don't, I don't know if he's British or not. I don't know. Yeah, did McDowell they paint... sounds Scottish. Did they paint his hair gray for this movie? It, it certainly very looks much it. looks like that. It's either painted or he has like some kind of gray powder in it to yeah. make it, you know, look like he's older. But yeah, it, there's something good. going on with his hair. <laughs> like it's it's Seagal level bad. <laughs> I just I just noticed <laughs> the scene where they were, they first went to his house, to Jerry's house, was just on, and yeah, yeah. like you like something is up. I don't know if it's a wig or, or what, but there is something in his hair that's making it look gray. <laughs> It's it's bad. <laughs> Quick, give me that vacuum cleaner bag. Just dump it out over his head. <laughs> <laughs> like that's honestly what it looks like. <laughs> oh, just fuck it up, fam. <laughs> the man of beers was the last actor cast uh, because the director couldn't find the perfect quote unquote girl next door. Which, she went from playing the girl next door to literally playing the woman next door. <laughs> In two years. Yeah. <laughs> when Charlie Brewster first meets Peter Vincent outside the TV studio, that was the filming location for the start of the 1956 film Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Really? Yeah. I uh, well, that according building, to IMDb, I, so yeah. yeah, that building looked really familiar. I um, I honestly thought it was uh the Jim Henson like Muppet Studios. Um, so they're they're in a building that looks almost exactly like that, where it, it looks almost like a cottage type of like yeah setup where it's like the the brick walls with like the wood roof. I I thought for sure it was the same building. But well, I think a lot uh, of this crazy. movie was. I think a lot of this movie was actually filmed on a Disney back lot. Huh. If I if I remember correctly, I saw that. Somewhere. Yeah. See, it definitely would have been because the building I'm thinking of is on like La Brea Avenue. Yeah. Uh, an eg- excerpt of the original score for this movie was utilized in the American trailers and TV spots for the Monster Squad. Huh. All right. Yeah. Right around that same time. I think uh, that was what, 86? 87. Oh, wow. 87. Yeah, and I guess uh, one of the one of the people that was in Monster Squad wound up being in the sequel to this movie, so it's like a full circle, tie-in, let's steal your shit kind of situation. <laughs> so this is another thing that was bothering me, uh, was the amount of times they said Charlie in this movie. You know what the official count is? Uh, Take a guess. No, what? 62 fucking times. Charlie, 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 Charlie. Yeah. I, I can confirm there is a sequel to the uh, the remake of Fright Night. Okay. Woof. Yeah. Usually, if there's a sequel to a movie that you never knew came out, it's not that good. Oh yeah, the dude who played uh, the Wolfman is in it. That's pretty crazy. It's Uncle Rico. Yeah, he's got Nards. <laughs> got nards and he can throw a football over those movies (laughs) like i know it's not gonna be a good movie either no 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 uh oh this one's funny uh for her final transformation into a vampire 
Amanda Beers donned prosthetic breastplate to enhance her cleavage. Which <laughs> oh, that's... if Al Bundy were here, <laughs> yeah. So that in and of itself is funny and very eighties. But in 2012, she brought them to a horror convention and encouraged fans to feel her boobs while she signed autographs, which is fucking hysterical. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> oh man, like there like I, I wish Al Bundy were a real human being right now. <laughs> just for the jokes we'd get about that. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh when Stephen Jeffries is buried under the Wolfman mask or the werewolf mask. The uh, the effects team poured in a solution into his mouth to add like a thick saliva texture. Okay. And then realized they used dental adhesive, <laughs> which was which was gluing his mouth shut. Holy shit! Yeah. So that's yeah, either well. that's either a fuck up, or they were fucking with him. One of the two. Yeah. Either way, or, I'm yeah, beating somebody's we're sick ass. of this dude's voice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, no. And if that was me, I'd I'd probably be trying to beat the shit out of somebody. <laughs> uh, Roddy McDowell got a little upset with Stephen Jeffries for getting too physical in the scenes where Ed attacks Peter, uh, but Jeffries yeah. was encouraged to go all out by Tom Holland. I'm watching that scene in, in his apartment right now when Ed shows up after he's transformed. Yeah. And, and gonna... again, straight up, Peter Vincent's apartment is like uh, what a 13-year-old monster kid would live in, like if he had his own apartment. There's like a poster of Dracula. There's a poster of Frankenstein. I wonder he has Fangoria on, on the table. <laughs> Does he really? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> here's, here's one I didn't... Uh... I didn't know that I wanted to be interested in this, but here I am. So in 1988, Now Comics adapted the film uh, in the first two issues of a comic book series, which was followed by 20 more issues chronicling the further adventures of Peter Vincent and Charlie Bruce. Really? Amy, yeah, Amy was quickly phased out of the comic, but Evil Ed made frequent appearances and Jerry Dandridge was ultimately resurrected. Um, gradually the comics became serialized, but running storylines were never neatly tied up because the publisher filed for bankruptcy in 1990. Oh man, I genuinely would like to read that. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering what the availability is on that. And yeah. now that I'm saying that, there was another comic book character called Evil Ed. Yes, I remember uh, Evil Ernie from the 90s. Oh, you know what? That's what I'm thinking yeah. of then. Yeah. Because <laughs> I always look like Evil Lorene. <laughs> like, oh no, it's <laughs> Evil Ernie. <laughs> yeah, very, uh, very, um, uh, Todd McFarlane y kind of. Yeah, I, that was like in the 90s. There was like a, like horror comics that just, like, I knew the characters, but I could not tell you what their books were about. Like, Evil Ernie, um, I mean, Vampirella has been around forever. I, I've never read a single Vampirella comic. Yeah, uh, um, La Lady Death. Um, yeah, Lady Death was another one I was going to mention. 
Yeah. Yeah, I've never read a single one of those, but whatever. I, I I'm aware of the characters. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen them in, you know, like displays and. You know, like, uh, you go to Comic-Cons and people will be dressed up as them or whatever. Um, but yeah, I've never read any. Yeah. I've, I've read things that were, like, absolutely ripping them off in, you know, like, Heavy Metal Magazine and shit, but... Yeah, man. I am kind of interested in reading those comics now. Um, yeah, that does sound really cool. Yeah. But anyway, that's all I've got for trivia. All right. Uh, moving on to uh, part two of our, uh, our trivia uh, segment here. Um, yeah. Better known as. Um, I mean, outside of the main players, I, I was looking through a few of the, the you know, the, the kind of uh, extras and stuff like that. Um, nobody really had anything kind of that stood out. Um, the The one detective I thought for sure was uh, one of the barbers in Coming to America. Like when they... I thought he was the dude who gets really excited about Randy Watson, uh, but it was not him. Apparently. I was I was wrong. <laughs> that boy's good. <laughs> yeah, that good movie. horrible. <laughs> Fucking movie, great. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't watched that in a while. I love that movie. That's uh, <laughs> that's the best part of that movie is when those guys are on. Yeah, yeah, the uh, like the church uh, like get together there where they're all hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Randy Watson. <laughs> um, but yeah, going through, I mean, we have Chris Sarandon, um, who th- actually I wasn't aware of this until maybe a couple of years ago. He's the voice of Jack Skellington uh, from Nightmare Before Christmas. Get out of here. Yeah, the official uh, movie of Gotham. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he is, uh, yeah, the lead character, Jack Skellington. You know what? I probably just never cared because I knew that his uh, singing voice was Danny Elfman. So it's like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who um, gives a shit who's talking? It's the guy <laughs> singing that we care about. He is... Uh, I mean, like, hold sorry, on, wait, wait. I just, I, I, I just had this thought and I had to, to, to vocalize it. Danny Elfman is the prince of goths. And I don't mean like <laughs> royalty, I mean... Prince, the singer Prince, <laughs> the musician Prince, <laughs> and between like the Beetlejuice soundtrack, like Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Dead Man's Party from Oingo Boingo, like yeah, <laughs> uh, and and also pretty much everything else that Oingo Boingo ever did because that was a that was a dynamite ass band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I. One of my favorite uh, Paul F. Tompkins jokes is uh, it's, it's like I was in a, a car with a bunch of my friends the other day and uh, <laughs> we see a goth girl go running full speed by the car. He's like, which is something you don't see very often. And then he's like, I had to yell out the window, hey, where's the funeral? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know why that makes me laugh so much. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I, I certainly do love I, me some goth culture, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chris Sarandon, his uh, his first kind of major role, well, he was on Guiding Light for a little while, but his first major movie role 
uh, was in Dog Day Afternoon. He was uh, Al Pacino's uh, like trans lover. No shit. Yeah, yeah, which is like a really like risky part for that time, nineteen seventy five. Yeah, especially for a first movie. Yeah. <laughs> good, um, aside from that, he, oh, he's obviously also this might be what most people know. If you don't know him from Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, I guarantee you, you know him as Prince Humperdinck from The Princess Bride. Yeah. Which he again, he be... plays that like smarmy jerk like very well. Yep. I will be severely put out. <laughs> um, he did a uh, stint on uh, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Looks like only an episode. And let's see. I know he was on ER for a while. Chicago Hope. Looks like he's got the uh, Felicity. All doctors in these. He's got Ugh. the medical roles down. Yeah. And let's see. He does a, a lot of voice work too. He's uh, Jack Skellington. Obviously, did that in uh, the movies uh, and in Kingdom Hearts. Uh, looks like he did a voice in the Wild Thornberries. Um, he voiced Dracula for a couple of episodes in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What? Yeah. Apparently their, uh, 2017 uh, Ninja Turtles series. Was that the, I think that was like the CGI one that was a Nickelodeon. That was actually really good. Yeah. It must have been like a couple of Halloween episodes or something. Yeah. It looks like three episodes. He did, uh, did Count Dracula. Oh, shit. Yeah, those are probably the biggest things that people are going to know him from. He's got a lot of one-off roles. Yeah, a lot of like you know, you know, like network TV, like you know, dramas and sitcoms and stuff like that. Yep, just the shit that keeps uh, the money rolling in. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was uh obviously uh, not obviously he was previously uh, married to Susan Sarandon at one point. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Uh, she just kept his name. It looks like they divorced like in the eighties. Huh. Um. Moving on, we have William Ragsdale. Um, he is probably, well, aside from this movie, he uh, was on a sitcom called Herman's Head, which was on right after Married with Children, I believe, in like the 90s. Um, the fuck is exactly that? that um, do you know the movie Inside Out, the Pixar movie? Yeah. It's that movie, but maybe like 20 years earlier as a sitcom. Um, instead of a teenage girl, it's like a, it's like an adult man. And he like just works in you know like some kind of publishing company or so you know some kind of office you know whatever, and it's it's kind of about him. But the the like the the I guess the not the the hook of the show is that anytime he's kind of interacting with people, you go into his head, and then there's like four actors playing like different parts of his personality. So you have like his feminine side played like by this you know female actress. You have like his intellectual side played like a by like a like a nerdy like British like older actor. You have like his like you know slobby like guy side who was played by um I can't remember his name, but he's like the guy who plays like the the jerk you know obnoxious slob in like so many like eighties and nineties things. Okay. Um, yeah, I remember watching it. You know, when I was a kid, I really liked it. I thought it was funny. I was on for five years let me see we uh never actually got to the point herman's head was on for three seasons that's just uh, a really really shitty title yeah or maybe four because there's 72 episodes okay yeah uh yeah it was it was it was a terrible terrible title but it was a really cool concept and 
you know, obviously good enough that they, they turned it into a movie, like, you know, 25 years later. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're describing it, it does sound vaguely familiar, so I may have caught an episode or two of it. Yeah. It it doesn't sound like anything that I've watched uh, regularly. Uh, looks, you know, he was in Fright Night 1 and 2. Uh, he was in the sequel to Mannequin, too, which is another, like, very 80s movie. I remember watching both of those movies quite a bit in the 80s. Actually, in the 90s, too. Mannequin 2 was 1991. Uh, I remember the first one. Yeah, with... Um, I didn't edit. I didn't know they made a second one. Uh, it was Kim Cattrall, and what the hell was the dude's name? It was the dude from uh, Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. Andrew McCarthy. There we go. Yep. Did we talk <laughs> about him? We talked about him at some other point, didn't we? I don't know. Did we? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. But that dude was all over, like, movies and stuff in the 80s. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, again, like, just like, kind of like Chris Sarandon, aside from that, really nothing that, uh, you know, he kind of did for a while. A lot of, like, one-offs and, you know, short stints. Um, yeah. He was on the show Justified for a while, too. He was, uh, Tim- I believe he was Timothy Oliphant's, like, ex-wife's new husband. Uh, and that, I, I believe we have talked about that show before. Uh, yeah. Again, I, I cannot recommend that show enough. Actually, I need to start rewatching that. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. Um, but let's see. Entourage, uh, CSI Miami, The Mentalist, a lot of, like like I said, one-offs. Uh, and CIS. Again, killing the, the network TV uh, dramas. Um, but yeah, it looks like he's been a lot of stuff recently. He was in Nosferatu on AMC, which I never really got into. Uh, I, the, I heard it was disappointing. Season. Yeah. I did not enjoy it. No, uh, buddy of mine, buddy of mine, really liked the book, and he said the show was was kind of a letdown. Yeah, it was just kind of like I don't know, cheesy and just not really like. Uh, it was just not well done. It was just very like, eh, this is okay, I guess. Yeah, was that uh, Zachary Quinto? Was it that? Yeah, he was the uh, the the vampire in that. Okay. Uh, and then Blackish, The Blacklist, Blue Bloods, you know, again, killing these. Uh, a lot of colors. Time. Yeah. And it looks like he's in the upcoming series, Only Murders in the Building, uh, with Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. That's a weird list of people. <laughs> it looks pretty funny, though. They're like three like people who are into like true crime. And uh, I guess like there's a murder and they're in the building that they live in and they're trying to figure out what happens. It looks kind of funny. Yeah. Steve Martin and Martin Short are great. Yeah. I have a feeling that uh, Steve Martin is going to be goofy and Martin Short is going to be annoying. <laughs> I don't know where I could have gotten that idea from, but like, it, yeah, just, it's just probably their hint. dynamic. It's probably their dynamic. <laughs> um, moving along, we have Amanda Bierce, who I'm you know, if you're listening to us, I'm going to say there's probably no way you haven't seen Married with Children. Um, I would hope not. Yeah. I, I I mean, that show, like, I think, you know, people like, like criticize that show for being, yeah, for being like kind of like sexist and like, you know, chauvinist. But at the same time, like, it was making fun of all that. Like, it was just, I mean. It was, cr- it was the all in the family of the 80s and 90s. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, Where. You know, in, your Archie Bunker slash Rick Sanchez uh, slash Deadpool slash the Joker, like that character that people idolize without realizing, like, no, you're not supposed to idolize this character. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but um, the the cool part about that 
that character of of like Al Bundy is even though he was like a sexist kind of piece of shit that you were supposed to laugh at and not with most of the time, you also had his like um his devotion to his family and stuff like that. So like there are things about that character you can idolize. Yeah. It's just not not his uh his main personality. Yeah, it's a satirical like take on that like family value, you know, the the typical like American family man who's, you know, dedicated to his family and you know, it's just yeah. uh, like oh god, I I love that show. Like I it's one of those things I I have to like step away from for a little while every couple of years, but when I go back to it, I just go all in on it and watch a bunch of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially because yeah. FXX was showing like nothing but that when they first dropped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, oh god, I uh, I mean, she, you know, she was obviously on the, for the whole run of the series. I mean, yep. uh, you know, starting off as Marcy Rhodes, and then uh, what I think was the better part of the series is Marcy Darcy. Yep. I uh, I I I love the character of Jefferson. I, I thought he was great. Yeah, he's Ted he's awesome. <laughs> Um, I even liked from... him in Revenge of the Nerds. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the yeah, the jerk in the uh, in the first. It was the first one or the second one. First one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she, aside from that, most of her stuff is um, she's actually got into directing. Um, she did like thirty something episodes of Married with the Children. Um, was oh, that all? I thought she directed like the latter like third of the whole series. Uh, let me see if I have that number correct. Married with Children, yeah, thirty one episodes. No shit. Maybe I mean, I guess that the is last season that is or so. She had, it looks like yeah, actually. She did like one in ninety one, two in ninety two. It looks like it get kind of got more and more until oh, like okay. ninety five and ninety six when there's a and ninety seven there's a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, but she did a lot of uh, directing of sitcoms. Uh, let's see, any movie directing? No, looks like she played the character of Marcy Rhodes on another. Uh, a sitcom. I don't know if it's supposed to be like the same character or just another character named Marcy Rhodes, but oh, it's like a the tip of the hat. Yeah, uh, she directed twenty one episodes of Mad TV. Uh, uh, what? Nikki. Yeah, on on uh, I think that was on like the WB slash CW. She directed uh, yeah. how many episodes of Mad TV? Twenty one episodes of Mad TV. That's fantastic. Yeah. I miss that show. I I the first like two seasons of that show I thought were like absolutely fantastic, and then yeah. it just kind of went downhill for me after that. Yeah, it it did lose a lot of its steam. I don't know if they were just not bringing in the right people to to write or or what. But when that show first came out, I was a huge fan of Mad Magazine. Yeah, so I was trying here. to find all the. All the the stupid little references to like the old issues, because my um my dad had a like a a pretty decent selection of Mad Magazine and Cracked Magazine mm-hmm. in my gra- in my grandparents' attic, and I would read them like religiously when I was a kid. So, uh, yeah, I I read both Mad and Cracked in like the nineties. I mean, 
I would yeah. say I read every issue that came out every month. I mean, even the specials and stuff. Yeah, I had a subscription for three years, I think. Oh, uh wow. to to Matt in the in the nineties, yeah. And um I would I yeah. would try to find all the all the like in jokes and, and the references to old issues and stuff in the in That's honestly how TV. I like learned a lot of pop culture was through like Looney Tunes and like Mad Magazine. I like that's how yeah. you get like I, yeah, re- references to like operas and shit like that. Yep. <laughs> and it's uh it's a really weird way to get culture. <laughs> yeah, but it worked. You know, I I know all of that stuff for some reason. <laughs> yep. There's a there's there are reasons why I know a lot of the useless stupid fucking trivia that I know. I yeah. can't do math to save my life, but exactly. I know I know a lot of stupid pop culture references. <laughs> I can't build anything. I can't do math. But sure as hell, I can tell you like <laughs> where that joke is came from or what it's referencing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I can hum Carmina Burana if you want me to. <laughs> Couldn't tell you what the you know the opera's about, but whatever. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, let's see, Amanda Pierce. And then we have uh Roddy McDowell, of course. I mean, come on. Planet of the Apes. Um he was uh I don't Christ. Cornelius. So oh, I blanked on his name for a second. <laughs> um, you know, one of the main uh characters in uh for most of those movies, I want to say he was in like three out of the four or he was in all of them, but he, you know, Cornelius was in all. And then he played, I think Caesar uh, after a while, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, I'm not just... sure. We're... There were only four of those. Uh, there's five, I believe movies. Okay. Um, I'm still in the eighties. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Planet of the oh, yeah. TV series. Did a lot of, did a lot of work. <laughs> Actually, I, I, pretty sure i watched the tv show more than i watched any of the movies i don't think i've ever watched the tv show i uh i remember like the movies were always on when i was a kid and like <laughs> i remember like my aunt and my uncle were like kind of into the movie get me to try to watch them and i was just like eh. uh it wasn't until i was in high school that i'm like okay these are really awesome i watched them on amc uh yeah i want to say like in a uh, like a marathon uh, yeah, Cornelius, and then Cornelius and Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Uh, Caesar and Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, yep. Uh, and uh, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, for uh, in my opinion, is the, the best of those movies. Yeah. Uh, it's basically like a zombie movie with, uh, with apes instead of zombies. Okay. I'm down for that. <laughs> Yeah, it's the one where the apes like it's it's the one it's it's a it's a flashback. It takes place in like ninety seven, um, and it's supposed to be where the apes like rise up and take over. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, uh, Amanda and I have actually been to uh, uh, the Century City Mall where they filmed some of that stuff. <laughs> it's an outdoor really? mall in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's like it's weird because you just like walking past the Gap, like oh, this is where like uh, you know a bunch of apes like you know beat up a bunch of cops. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah those are the ones like andy circus was in those ones right uh not though those are the 90 other uh, 2000s ones oh okay yeah yeah <clears throat> um he did a lot of voice work too i i didn't realize um i'm trying to get back to it his, his imdb is enormous um so he was on wonder woman in the 70s trapper john md buck rogers the black hole 
That's our second Trapper John reference. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I said this before. Murder, she wrote. Fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> the streak is intact. I, I was I was telling Nick as, as I was doing the research for this, I was very concerned because I was not seeing anybody showing up in Murder, She Wrote. Uh, but thank you, Roddy McDowell, <laughs> for keeping the streak alive. Um, was he in multiple episodes? He did two episodes of Murder, She Wrote, uh, playing two different characters. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, and he was also in Matlock, which I will also, uh, I will take that as Matlock. a... Uh, yeah, an acceptable substitute to Murder, She Wrote. Yeah, yep. <laughs> um, old so, people TV was the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm pre- like, I, I can almost make a college thesis at this point. I'm like, <laughs> proving that like every American actor from like, you know, the 80s and the 90s was on Murder, She Wrote at least once. Yep. Um, he did a voice in the cartoon, The Pirates of Darkwater. Uh, I remember that. Oh, from, shit. Uh, yeah. I love that one. It used to be on before school when I was a kid. Uh, he was on Quantum Leap. I did not know that. Uh, he did a voice on Darkwing Duck. He did a voice on Camp Candy. Oh, that's a throwback. <laughs> he was the Mad Hatter on the uh, Batman the Animated Series. I did not know that either. Uh, he was the Breadmaster on The Tick, which I love that cartoon, and I also <laughs> did not know he did that voice. Breadmaster. Chef of chicanery, your buns are mine. <laughs> uh, the voice on the Gargoyles TV series. Great Duck show. Duckman. Yeah. Great show. I uh, just recently, I came up with my Facebook memories. I did an interview with um, Greg Wiseman a couple of years ago who created Gargoyles. That was That's a fun awesome. interview. Uh, yeah, Mad Hatter and Superman cartoon. He was in The Bug's Life. I uh, did a voice there. Godzilla, the TV series. Oh, the cartoon Godzilla. Okay. Is that the one where they had the, the wrist communicators and they could call him if they were in trouble? Yeah, I want to say it was after the American movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oof. Although I have, I've heard people say that the cartoon series is actually like way better than the movie was. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm a huge Godzilla fan. I'm not going to go investigate that. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, pussy. <laughs> uh, that was... Yeah, I mean, he uh, he passed away. It looks like almost 20 years ago at this point. Goddamn. Oh, it's more than that. I'm sorry. He passed away in 98. Yeah. He was still yeah. voicing shit. In, he was still voicing shit in 2001. What? Yeah. Uh, he must have recorded it and it never came out until then. Yeah. Um, Billy looked familiar to me and I was going through his IMDB the thing that jumped out for me the most where that's producer like, why don't I see the oh credit? Jonathan Stark yeah Jonathan Stark is the actor's name he was in House 2 um, I don't know if you ever saw that movie but those were great 80s um, the first one was like a straight up horror movie the second one was I would almost say it's like a fantasy movie, um, but they're both really good. I, I just rewatched those uh, over the past couple of years. I, I definitely you know, I can't, those. I can't remember if I saw the second one. I know I've seen the first one a bunch. Yeah, I, I, the first one is great. I mean, they're both great, but they're just they're completely different movies. The second yeah. one is um, the main character is Ari Gross, who is like 
he's another dude who's just like in a lot of 80s and 90s movies as like the friend. Um, it's like one of those guys like you, you know his face, but you might not know his name. Um, yeah. And they move into like this house um, that like his grandfather. It's it's, it's Ari Gross and um, uh, Jonathan Stark. He plays his best friend. They move into this house that like his grandfather owned. Um, they find like this crystal skull that like opens up like portals within the house, like different dimensions. So they're, there's like one where they go like it's almost like prehistoric and there's like cavemen and like there's like a cult sacrifice going on. It's 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 a really cool movie. Um, but it, like I said, it's completely different from the first movie, which is like a straight up like haunted house horror movie, um, yeah. which is also awesome. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Really well done. Plus, it's got Norm in it. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the dude from uh, Greatest American Hero. <laughs> yep. I had uh, a math a... teacher that looked like him a lot. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, he was in an episode of Tales from the Crypt, My Brother's Keeper. I don't remember that one. Let me see if I can get info on that. Is that the one with the ventriloquist? I thought so. That's the one with Don Rickles and um, uh, Bobcat Goldwyn. It's not that one. Siamese twins, one timid and kind-hearted, the other reckless and sadistic, must make a decision whether or not to allow an experimental surgery to have them separated, even though one of them doesn't want to be split. Oh, I yeah, I not, remember that one. I don't remember that episode. Yeah, they had, this, like, a really... It wasn't, like, Siamese twins, like, their It looks like, like Tim Stack bodies. was the other, the other brother. Yeah, it's not like they, there's, like, a big part of their body that's conjoined. There's just, like, a flesh tunnel between their, like, abdomens. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Which is but that, yeah, aside from that, gross. that's really it as far as notable stuff. He was on, looks like he was on Ellen for a couple of episodes, her sitcom way back in the day. Yeah. He was in the movie Mom and Dad Save the World, uh, which I, I love that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, he was on an episode of Cheers. And Moonlighting. Which is another yep. series that seems to keep popping up <laughs> in yep. our IMDb searches. Another one. All right, and finally that... we have Stephen Jeffries. <laughs> um, yeah, he's been in some stuff. Um, we'll we'll talk about his where did all the some uh... stuffs some stuffs oh. been into him too. Yeah, I'm on the wrong tab. Um, you know his his biggest roles are probably Fright Night one and two. Um, I am looking through. And I am not seeing any of this. Ooh, whoa. <laughs> whoa, yeah. <laughs> These titles get pretty crazy right around the mid-90s. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Now, hold on. So, for those uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about right now, so he's in a, a few, like, conventional movies, like Fright Night 1, Fright Night 2. Yeah, but he started off Chris, pretty strong. Chris, if you could list me uh, just a couple of those like mid '90s titles, I, I will. I'll give you the progression here. Okay, '85 uh, <laughs> we have Fright Night. Okay, you know, pretty notable role. After that, Twilight Zone, this TV series, which all right, still going places. Uh, At close range, I think that was a Clint Eastwood movie. Still good. I think it was. '87, yeah. uh, Amazing Stories. All right. Uh, ninety eight. Or excuse me, nineteen eighty eight. Nine seven six. Evil. Which, all right. I, I, you know, remember seeing that here and there on on cable. I remember right? the cover. I remember yeah. the cover. Uh, then a couple of weird, uh, you know, unknown horror movies. 
And then, let's see, 93, Hole in the Wall. Hmm. Uh, after that, Interesting. Sex oh, on like the a, Beach. Oh, like, like Porky's. It's like Porky's, yeah. right? Yeah. After that, Virtual Stud. Uh, then we have The Cockpit. Not one word, <laughs> mind you. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mechanics by Day, Lube Job by Night. Uh, by, spelled B-I, by the way. <laughs> Uh, Leather After Midnight, uh, Latin Crotch Rockets, uh, Just 18 and Gay, (laughs) Uncut Glory, Uh, Transsexual Prostitutes 1 and 2, so he answered all those unanswered questions from the first transsexual prostitutes, Uh, Motel Sex, Uh, Manhunt, and no, not the the good manhunt, the first Hannibal Lecter movie. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't get better uh, the more I go into it. Seaman I Training wanna... Day. Not a movie about the Navy. Uh, but Blazer. Uh, God and, damn it. And then it looks like in the 2000s, like later on in the 2000s, like, maybe like 2010 around there is when he gets back to... Uh, Normal quote unquote movies. So, uh, first of all, I want to congratulate him on doing those movies and then getting out of them and doing, you know, regular movies again, which <laughs> hardly ever happens. No pun intended, but congratulations on getting out of the black hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of the industry. Of the industry. <laughs> yeah. Second, Secondly, I'm not laughing at his career choices. I'm laughing at those titles. Yeah. They're yeah, oh, fucking yeah. stupid. <laughs> uh, leather intrusion case. <laughs> <laughs> Hoo-ha. So, yeah, uh, that, uh, that... I think it just blacked out. Yeah. He did not get on Murder, <laughs> She Wrote, so... I guess no. he's in my control group as far as my thesis goes. Missed, missed the boat on that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Oh, so that—that is—that'll uh, do it for our better known as segment. Let's shoot some crap. Let's let's shoot some crap. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what to say at this point. I, like, I feel like we always spend the crapshoot stuff in the middle of the episode. We do. Um, yeah. But you know, shit happens. <laughs> um so culturally I guess you know like for for horror I think it just had a stroke for horror <laughs> culture very important movie personally it really didn't do much for me um and I don't know that I'm ever really going to choose to watch it again but I can I can see why people love it, and you know if if I found like a cool shirt or something, you know, like with it, I might buy it. Yeah, you know, like it's cool cover design. Um, all the effects were really cool, but Jesus Christ, it just it left me it left me wanting. I don't, I honestly um, might put this in my top three vampire movies. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. No way. I don't know. Maybe honestly I might put the the remake 
uh, in my top three ahead of this. But I don't know. I I, I enjoy this movie. I, I can't tell you why, <laughs> but I, I, I really enjoy do. this movie. Yeah. I don't know. If, if I had to, like, right now, just, like, without preparation, give a, a top three horror or a top three vampire movies. I'm sitting here. I'm trying to think of, like, what it would be for me. Like, I think John Bram Carpenter's Stoker's, Vampires. I would say Bram, Bram Stoker's, Stoker's Dracula is number one for me. Yeah. Yeah. The, my here's here's three in no particular order. Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh John Carpenter's Vampires, and probably Interview with a Vampire. Yeah, I think it might be my number two. Yeah. Huh. I mean there are there is a, a plethora of vampire movies that I, I adore, but if if each each of those three is a particular mood. You know, you want the grisly, crazy vampire movie, you go with, you know, uh, John Carpenter's Vampires. You want the, um, well, I, I guess the uh, the gothic, supernatural style vampire movie, you go with Bram Stoker's, and you want the the romanticism and, and loneliness, desperation kind of thing, you go with Interview with the Vampire. And I yeah. think those are the those are the the categories that most uh, vampire movies are going to fall into. You know, like you want more grisly. You, there's you know, uh, near dark. There's. Um, uh, I feel like I'm oh, blanking on like I, every vampire I'm, movie. Um, aside like, from Twilight, uh, which is not even anywhere near my no. favorite movies. No, no, no. I'm trying to think of some of the some of the you know like crazy grisly ones um oh jesus christ um like chronos i you i call chronos uh definitely a vampire movie i've never seen um, that it's really good it's very avant-garde you know um guillermo del toro but mm-hmm. it's it's a good one um uh yeah there was you know like Dracula 2000, I guess. Oh, God, that was horrible. <laughs> um, Gerard the, Butler as uh, Dracula. Yeah. Um, I guess you could do, like, the action movies, you know, like Blade. Um, yeah, I was thinking that. Like, I don't know if I... Like, the first Blade movie, uh, you know, I would say is a vampire movie. Like, the other ones I would say is superhero, but... Yeah. I um, know. Oh, the second Priest. Blade is really good. Priest was good. I don't know if I the saw one, that. Uh, it's the one with Carl Urban. No, I haven't seen that. Oh man, it's it's pretty rad. There's like a sect of um, like vampire hunter guys, and one of them, well, like one of their elites, becomes mm-hmm. a vampire. If I if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but a very very much like action movie, vampire movie. Um, a lot of cool scenes in it. Lost Boys, we mentioned that earlier. Oh yeah, Lost Boys has definitely got to be up there. I feel like, like as my level of enjoyment of that movie, like kind of, like grows and like wanes <laughs> over the year. Like sometimes I'll be really into it, and sometimes I'm just like, oh god, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, it's it's one of those ones where like if you watch it in the off season, it's it's a little weird, but like right as soon as the 
the weather starts to get a little chilly, yeah. And you throw on Lost Boys, you're right there in the mood. Yeah, I really do love the end of that movie where they're in the house, like just killing all the vampires. Yeah, I I just I generally like the tone of that movie and the the setting and a lot of the character choices because like that that eighties like metal gothy kind of feel is just that's my thing like yeah, i just yeah. love that but it is um, so so very 80s and so very joel schumacher too i think those are the yeah. things that kind of take me out of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i i do love that movie though it's it's a fun one it's it's not uh it's not a good movie i guess but it's it's a fun movie which for like for me with uh, Fright Night, it just it wasn't that fun for me. So it it just kind of drew me out. Like if there were if like if there were more things about this movie that like struck me on like a personal level, mm-hmm. I could I could definitely rate it higher, um, overlooking any of the flaws. Yeah. But it just it just not just not one of those ones that like hits me in that that place where i live you know yeah yeah it never really struck me how creepy it was like jerry kind of like seducing amy (laughs) in this movie like you know he's obviously older she's in high school for god's sake she's maybe like 16 17 yep yeah like that's very creepy (laughs) it's well it's it's the classic like vampire rapey vibe yeah Oh, you yeah. know what's another great uh, vampire movie? Um, Once Bitten. I have not seen that in a very, Get very out long time. Of... You I mean, I've seen it. it. I haven't seen it in probably fucking 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> That's a shame. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I, is that the one with Jim Carrey? Yes, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I Yeah, I got to watch that. He's like he's squeezing the hamburger juice into his fucking glass instead of OJ. <laughs> Fuck Rowdy. All right, I think we've we've covered everything that we could possibly fucking cover on this movie. Um, Chris likes yeah. it a lot. I like it a little. Let us I, know what I, you I, think. I give it a thumbs up. You know, not in my not in my top tier. Um, but you know, enjoyable, and I'd say if you're, especially if you're a, like a fan of like monster movie hosts, um, and kind of like that, just that era of monster movies, like uh, definitely. I, I think most of my enjoyment of this is nostalgia. Yeah, so I, I, can, I remember I can see seeing that. like I, one of the movies I remember specifically seeing like in this circumstance of like late at night on like a late night horror show was um. For the first time I ever saw it was Return of the Living Dead. And that is one of my favorite movies of all time, not just horror. Yeah, with, with good reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, I remember specifically, I want to say like we had a party or something. My parents had a party and like everybody had just cleared out. And like whoever was left in my family that was still awake, we were just like on the couch. Like, ah, uh, this movie's coming on. Like, we're just too tired to change it. I ended up watching like all of Return of the Living Dead, like on K, you know, not even like on like HBO or anything, on like CBS. It was on Channel Six, I remember. So it was like Jesus edited, Christ. but still, like, yeah, I, I, 
I was they there had to for cut every the minute. shit out of that movie. Yeah. Well, it was uh, it was the middle of the night, so they you know they got away with a little bit more than normal. But you know you obviously yeah. can't show you know boobs and stuff. Mm. Or bush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but man, uh, that is God one of my favorite movies. That's really good. Tar Man, the best. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah, I think well, we're, we're done with up. Fright Night right here. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably never going to watch this movie again. <laughs> I'll be back in like five years or so. Probably. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a recap episode. You still like it? I still like it. All right. How about you? Right. I still don't like it. We're good. <laughs> all right. Uh, you guys, yeah, if you have anything to say to us, you want to talk some shit, whatever, um, you can catch our website, uh, www.bigdumbmonsterspodcast.com. You can... Email us directly if you want to complain or give us show ideas or suggest movies or whatever you feel like saying. Uh, BigDumbMonsters at gmail.com. You can also do any of that if you're on the Twitter machine at Dumb underscore Monsters. Or if you're a Facebook fool, uh, hit us up on uh, Big Dumb Monsters Pod. Thanks for listening, folks. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs>